Welcome to another inspiring message from Milestone Church in Keller, Texas. Well, it's hard to believe, but it is moving day for Milestone Church. Uh, we are, yeah, it's an awesome place to clap. If you're tuning in online, you've uh, joined us for a very special moment in the life of this church. We have gathered in this little grocery store um, Last, me- <clears throat> last message I'll preach here for 400 and something weekends, 1,780 services. We started with one, went to two, three, four, five services, and more importantly, not just the services, but I want to say to all of you, thank you for your faithfulness and your generosity and the way you love people, because more important than just us gathering is that Jesus' presence joins us when we gather, whether it's behind a grocery store or anywhere else, and he changes the eternal destiny in the lives of people. That's what's important. And I asked our team just to throw out there in social media it just gets me emotional as I read these, the, the lives that have been impacted and changed. Uh, just These are comments from people, uh, just from one outlet, but just many, many people saying, this is where I met my wife, this is where I received Christ, this is where I was baptized, this is where I gave my life to Christ when I was 12. Um, so many, I gave, my, <clears throat> I gave my life to Christ, this is where... Uh, my family met Jesus. Um, This is where my kids were baptized. I found Jesus here and realized I have a relationship with him. My husband, Brandon, and I were baptized here. Over and over, you hear about children being baptized. You hear about people coming to Christ. You hear about babies being dedicated. You hear about people finding their spouses. And um, that's what we dreamed about 14 and a half years ago. Not a gathering, not just a cool set of songs and lights, but we dreamed about the lives of people being changed forever. And for the last eight years almost to the date, we gathered and started here in this building and we've seen so many people impacted and their lives changed forever. You're probably one of those stories, and maybe it's not published, but you have something in your own life that you say, my life is different, it's more rich. Some of the things God's done in my life, I I look at how he, the way he only can, divinely brought me to an intersection where he impacted my life. Now, we've had powerful moments together, but not everything has been as polished and powerful. We've had some crazy behind the scenes. You may not know it, but church can be quite humorous uh, along the way as well. We, when we moved in here, we had some roof issues, and I used to preach around the rain. I mean, it takes one level of anointing to deliver the word, but another level to dodge the rain, so there was drips up here. We ended up with buckets everywhere. We had a swimming pool at one point collecting all the rain, Um, and so we got the roof fixed, and man, we felt powerful, and 
I, I've seen all kinds of things happen. I pulled up to church one week and uh, we were having some things for the kids and I think somebody decided we should have animals at church the first time. And, and uh, there was like a Shetland pony in the alley and there was a fence that we eventually fixed and it had a sapling growing through and a Shetland pony was chewing on a tree. And I thought, I pastor a church behind Taco Casa that's a zoo and there's donkeys and <laughs> Shetland ponies. All kinds of crazy things. I remember my wife and I, we were teaching uh, a marriage and family series together and there was like these rolling blackouts or things or something and it's just like all of a sudden we're right in the middle of it and it's powerful and then all of a sudden just the lights went out and the power went out and the air went out and man, it was like, what do I do? So I tried to preach through it and, and I just said, you know what? We're calling it. We're, we're just, 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 just go home. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a real fearful feeling as a preacher and to look into darkness and know there's people out there and they just got to just, just, just find your way, look for an exit, you know, maybe they won't come back next week, you know, and so we, we had that happen. Here's, here's one of my favorite moments as I was learning, we started using some video technology because we had several services and I'm kind of an old school preacher, you know, I'm kind of the old school pastor, you know, and I just was learning this video stuff and and the team kept telling me, you got to look in the camera. You got to emphasize your point, you know? And so, so I was just, you know, I was trying to work on it, you know, learn how to preach my point to the camera. And so I was just right there and I said, you know, if you don't get anything else I'm saying today, this is the moment. You could miss your whole future if you don't get this one point. I got to have you get this. All right, everybody, key in right here, right here. Here it is. Anyway, the other day I was... I, I forgot what I was going to say. I, I was so excited about what I was going to say, I forgot what it was. Anybody getting older and your brain just goes, where'd it go? You know, just, it's just, we've had behind the scenes moments, challenges, circumstances, but here's the deal. As we have journeyed together, we've tried to keep in front of us some critical things that far overshadow all the challenges along the way. And so I'd like us together to talk about some of those things today. I've been getting a question from people. They're asking me as a pastor, they're saying, Pastor, I, I, I went to one of our volunteer nights and then I'm meeting people and say, Pastor, how are you doing? And, and I get it, it's a good question and I know where you're at. And so, you know, some are saying, you know, Pastor, are you excited? I'm like, a little bit. Are you nervous? Some, but I don't try to show it, fake it till you make it, you know what I'm saying? A little bit nervous. Are you worn out, pastor? Because you know, a lot of times this is a hard step for churches and a lot of times we fumble the ball along the way and miss the point. And so a lot of pastors are like, man, I'm selling cars after I get in this building because I'm so tired. Truth is, I'm not worn out for one reason. I want to honor somebody along the way in this journey and, and some people and that is our, our team, Pastor JP, Steve Chestnut, Pat, our executive lead team, our staff, who have carried this project so well on your behalf. They have stewarded every penny, and they've done such a fantastic job, which has given me the opportunity to do what I'm called to do. So I'm not worn out. I'm just getting started. Everybody look out. Y'all know what I'm saying. But... What, what am I trying to do? What am I passionate about? What am I burdened about? What am I praying about? You're like, Pastor, if, so if you're asking me those questions, do you want to really know what I'm thinking about? Here's what I'm thinking about. This is what I've been thinking about for several months. 
bringing every single person with us on this journey. Every single person making the transition. I'm, I'm thinking about this thesis I have that to get bigger doesn't mean you have to be impersonal. This thesis I have that you can actually just be a bigger version of what you already are. That we can carry the authenticity, the heart, the passion for people, the love for people, the desire to take care of people. I'm so proud of you as a church, the way you take care of people, the way you love people. You know why? God loves people that way. And we're going to try to carry, we're going to do everything we can to say, God, help us carry this. We're trying to keep the main thing, the main thing. That's what we're trying to do. That's what I'm carrying and praying about. I've been talking to our staff intensely about it for about a year in our staff meetings. Last time we gathered, I gave them a very spiritual impartation. I showed them a clip from Hoosiers. Anybody old enough to remember that clip where the little basketball team and they're a little worried, you know, because they're from Hickory. Now they're going to this big old gym, you know. It's like, wow, they're playing in this big championship, and all the guys are anxious, and they're keyed up, and they're worried a little bit. And so Gene Hackman, the coach, takes them in there, and he gets the guys. There's a little solemn moment. Let's measure the rim. Still 10 foot. Yeah, same rim. Let's measure the free throw line. And so we did that as a staff to remind ourselves at the end of the day there's some things that change and it's a little different arena. But you know what? It's still the same game. It's about Jesus, about his word. It's about his people. It's about loving people that are broken and hurting and need Jesus. It's the same game. So we've been talking about that. Now, I do think there's a humorous clip where the coaches themselves have the team and they've settled them down and they're like, all right, we're going. And the coaches stop and pause and go, it is big. Um, <laughs> Nonetheless, it's still the same game. So what we're trying to do on moving day and what we've been trying to do for the last several weeks, and I'm really believing this is an impartation for you as we take this step the same way we've taken other steps, is to keep the main thing the main thing. And so I want to go to the Word of God. If you have it, Joshua 24 and Matthew 16, I want to give you a couple of snapshots, and that's what's so awesome about the Word of God is that we have inspired and written by the Holy Spirit, we have patterns to follow. We can see how God takes big moments with his people and how he shows them some things and teaches them some things and so we can go to the Word of God and glean from that in these moments. The two passages that I'm reading are foundational to the fabric of what motivates us here at Milestone Church. Joshua, it's very interesting. You may not know much about the book of Joshua, but at the very start of the book, it says Moses is dead. So we get right off the bat, there's a transition. Moses, if you know the story, he said he, God used him to help lead his people into freedom. And culturally, there's a lot of challenges. They're murmuring, they're complaining, they're backbiting, there's criticism, there's all this stuff going on. But Moses keeps trying to lead them. But there's this pattern to where it seems as if the style at that moment is that Moses goes up on the mountain, gets the word from God, comes down, and, and, and gives it to the people. Now, when he's up on the mountain meeting face-to-face -face with God, they're down at the bottom breaking everything he's up there getting from God. But then Joshua says, as he comes in, God encourages him and stands strong and all of that, but then he starts immediately saying, okay, everybody, come on, we're about to walk around these walls. It's an, it's an everyone kind of deal, and so everyone matters, and they start possessing things. 
And they start marking these moments together, and it's everybody, and Achan stealing, and we got to deal with that because he affects all of us. So it's a totally different pattern. As you come into Joshua 24, isn't it awesome to look at a group of people who have actually possessed? There are a lot of people who talk about possessing. There's a lot of people who dream about possessing the things of God in their generation. But again, not everybody possesses. This group of people possessed what God had planned for them to possess. Yet at the moment of possession of the purposes of God in their generation, Joshua does something significant. He starts by saying, let's rewind. Let's pause here. Let's have a debrief moment. Let's have an evaluation moment and let's look back at what God has done. And so right previous to the passages I'm about to read to you, he starts talking about how they did this and they went here and we were taken here. And so there's all this time to look and see what God was up to. And then he comes to some moment here where he gives one of the most powerful scriptures here. He says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And then he goes to the people, verse 23, now, now then said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said, I mark this because this is important, very powerful. Something was happening with Joshua leading and the people and what he was up to that it wasn't just top-down coercion and manipulation. The people said, the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. It's one thing for Joshua to say, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord, but it's a different thing for the whole company of people to say, we're going to do it too. We're going to do it too. We will serve the Lord our God and obey. And on that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people. And there at Shechem, very powerful, he reaffirmed for them the decrees and laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. And I'll never forget, just west of town over here, a house we rented when I moved here. My office was in the upstairs bedroom. And late at night, I would kneel on the floor, I would lay on the floor, I would sit in my desk chair, and I would pray that God would reach people in this area. Lord, if you sent me here, would you change families? Would you change people? Would you reach people? And I'll never forget where I would pray there, and I remember the night I was reading this very passage, and the words jumped off the page. It's the reason our church is named Milestone Church. He took a large stone, and he set it up there under the oak near the holy place of the Lord. Now, this was common in Scripture, by the way. Moses did it. The prophet Samuel did it. But no one did it as much as Joshua. Joshua seven times said, we need to have a pause. We need to have a moment. We need to stop here. We need to understand what's going on. We all need to get something from this. Seven times Joshua had that kind of moment with people. And this is at the culmination. He sets a large stone there. He said, see, he said to all the people, this stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words of the Lord that he has said to us, and it will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. And these are the next set of passages that jumped off the page. Then Joshua dismissed the people, each to their own inheritance. Not just the inheritance of a few talented people, but every person receives from an environment where there's a group of people obeying God. We will serve God. We will love God. And then what happens is you don't always understand the intangible blessing that comes into every 
person's individual life to receive an inheritance from God that's bigger than what they actually could have drawn up. And I said, God, I want to pass through that kind of church, a church that marks moments together, a church where the people say we want to serve God, and a church where every single person receives the inheritance that God has for them as we possess together. Yeah. Significant. And then I began to think, you know, the Old Testament is a type and a shadow. What about the New Testament? What about this powerful transition when Jesus again dies on the cross, raises from the dead, all of the power that's around that? And as Jesus is building up to this with his disciples, he's preparing them for what will be the greatest milestone moment in history. And he knows what they're going to have to carry. He knows how they're going to be the ones who distribute his grace in the earth. And so there's a powerful moment in Matthew 16 that I think is so good. It's a powerful anchor passage for us. And Jesus goes to a place called Caesarea Philippi. And you know what? It would be somewhat offensive if I told you all of the challenging things that were happening in this dark environment. Jesus goes into a dark cultural environment and he brings the disciples because guess what? It's never been about how dark the culture is. It's all been about God's people and their revelation of Jesus and their ability to make a mark in the darkness of culture. Takes them into Caesarea. I've been there. It's amazing when you listen to the tour guide talk about the darkness of things that are going on. It's in that Jesus says, what are people saying about me? And so Jesus wasn't real concerned with his press reports. He said, I'm not so concerned about what they're saying about me. He said, what do you say about me? What about you, he asked. Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, because as Peter gets a revelation, not just information of how important and who Jesus is, then Jesus then says, Peter, Petros means rock. He says, and on this rock. So the more you understand the revelation of Jesus, the better you understand yourself. So many people are trying to find themselves, but if they would find Jesus, they would understand themselves in a significantly more powerful way. It's on the backside of the revelation of Jesus. And on this rock, I will build my church. On the rock of that revelation, we, we spend significant time talking about Jesus, worshiping Jesus, celebrating Jesus. I would preach sometimes 10 and 12 week series on who is Jesus. Why? Because I remember reading this and thinking, well, if Jesus is building his church on the rock of that revelation, then we better make sure people understand that revelation. Because that's how a healthy life, that's how a healthy family, that's how a healthy church becomes a healthy church or a healthy environment is on the rock of the revelation of Jesus. He says this, I'll build my church. What's Jesus doing right now? Is he nervous? Is he worried? Is he anxious? Is he leading the heavenly choir? No, they're singing just fine. The reason I believe, even though you have a different assignment in life, a business, a home, a, maybe you're a firefighter, a policeman, a teacher, or a homemaker, or whatever it is you do, it's when you weave that into what Jesus is building that you begin to see power take place in that environment. Because what is Jesus building? He's not building something that won't last. It says right here, my Jesus says, I will build my church. 
I will build my church, and the gates of Hades or hell will not overcome it. And notice in Joshua, when they work through this process of looking back a little bit, holding on to some things, and then as they began to look forward, it said he released them to their inheritance. Notice Jesus show them how he's going to release them to a new dimension of power and grace. He says this, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I've said this for years. You get into what Jesus is into, Jesus will start getting into what you're into and you'll start seeing a new power and a new dimension into what you're putting your hand to every day. I'm about to give you some keys and some authority to loose and bind things in real everyday life. There's a greater release. These are two passages I could spend the rest of my small amount of time speaking on those passages, but I think we need to unpack it at a greater level because it's very, very powerful. I love to just kind of sum up what I believe God's saying out of those passages to us in our milestone moment. At this moment that we are transitioning just like these people, God takes the time to help us understand where to be flexible and what to hold on to. That's really what was happening in this. He's saying, look, keep the main thing the main thing. Don't hold too tightly to stuff that doesn't matter, but, but hold very tightly to that which is most important. I would encourage that in your own life, even beyond a church taking a big step. Determine in your life to say, I'm not letting go of this stuff, but these things I hold very loosely. That's what we see in these passages. What are we going to hold on to? I've also had some other questions from people. Pastor, you know, what do we, when we move, you know, it's going to be different. You know, it's like, are we going to change? Well, it's going to change somewhat, but we're fighting for a culture and an environment and a value. People are praying that. My encouragement to you is you could be the answer to your own prayer by embodying the spirit and the values that God's called us to walk out. There's people saying, look, I don't, I don't know about this. I'm worried about that. We're trying as a team to help just quell and dispel as many of the anxieties and worries in the practical areas. I, I thought of one this week, just a little moment here of what to hold on to and what to let go of. A lot of people say, where am I going to sit? Well, here's a good, good news about where you're going to sit. You got more options and there's some fine seats. Let me just tell you. <laughs> Man, we got first class, we got business class, we got economy plus, we got the back row, you know, but technically there's not a bad seat in the house. But instead of showing up, let me talk about the shift to think like Jesus thinks, to get in line and cooperation with Jesus. Don't think when you show up, where's my seat? Think when I get my seat, I am going to focus on making the person in the seat beside me feel like a million bucks and feel comfortable. That's a different way to show up to church. I dare you to try it. You'll receive at a different level. You'll have a different experience in your own walk with Jesus. Think about the person in the seat beside you and try to serve them and love them and be concerned with them. See, I know some of you are new, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of details and things that um, along the way um, are somewhat surprising in our journey as a church. Um, God always does some different things and adjusts the plan. But in general, I want you to know this. The environment you're a part of is an environment that we dreamed about and prayed about and saw by the Spirit of God from the very beginning. What we're doing now 
is just continuing to repeat the things that made us who we are a long time ago. We're just continuing to be that. And I just began this week as I was praying, thinking, how do I keep trying to reinforce this environment of authenticity, this environment of preference for others, this environment that loves people when they're in a broken place, this environment that extends grace because they know how much they need grace, this environment that has made up this, this, this atmosphere, how do we keep it, and this environment that transfers something to the next generation, before I took the stage on my last message, you want to know a little behind the scenes? As I was getting emotional, as Betsy was singing, during the transition, I leaned over to my oldest two kids and my friend's oldest daughter, and I said to them, the thing I am most excited about in this building is you young people have become leaders over the last eight years. It's more important than my moment. It's more important than a building it's more important than LED screens, though they are really awesome. <laughs> that's what we care about. That's what we're motivated by, and that's what we saw many years ago. I took a little excerpt from the book that I wrote. It took five years to write, and it took many years to live. It's one thing to write stuff down. A lot of people writing stuff today, but words that have power are words that have been lived. These are your stories. It's not about the book, but here's some of the things. I thought, how do I, how do I capture some of it? I thought, well, I'll just go back to a little excerpt from the book. We believe that each of our relationships with God should be marked by change, transformation. God is taking us somewhere. As we serve him and walk through life together, our lives will be marked just like these giant stones by his undeniable presence and power at work in our lives. Look at this. And when this happens... It's not just a big deal for us. It doesn't just make a difference in our lives. Our children ask us, what did God do in your life back then? And when we tell them, it marks both their story and our own. God's plan for your life is so much bigger than you. So much bigger than you. It should mark every significant relationship in your life. And I want all of us to think about the words in this book written several years ago over a several year period at this transition, even the ones you don't have yet, the ones we don't know and we've never met before, it's going to be worth it to be in cooperation with what God's doing in our life. How do we respond to a milestone moment? Last few moments, I want to get practical because there's some great patterns in the Bible. But then, like, how do we apply that pattern so we know how to cooperate with God at the next step? How do we do that? You say, Pastor, we're supposed to hold on to some things. Can you tell me practically, like, what do I actually do? How do I take this and make it part of my life? Because if you don't know what to hold on to, then again, you can't hold on to it if you don't even know what it is that you're trying to grasp and, and clench and hold down. I tell a story on my oldest child, my daughter. She's very smart. She's very beautiful. She's very powerful. She just started driving. Been quite an adventure. Come on, parents. Can I have a better amen? I have become my dad. I stand on the porch. Wee hours of the night, waiting with my shirt off. The other day, hope you weren't ever driving by, it's not a good scene, but anyway, 
she pulls up and she's missing her right front hubcap. She gathers her stuff. She's coming up the walkway. There I am, like my dad. Where you been? What happened? Who are you with? And by the way, what happened to your hubcap? Where is your hubcap? To which she said, what do you think she said? I don't know. No, 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 it's worse. What is a hubcap? We have severe problems. Because <laughs> if you don't know what it is, how are you going to value keeping it? We got to know what it is. Number one, here's what we have to do. We have to remember, we don't forget all the ways God has shown himself faithful. We've been throwing a lot at you. Move in ready, Milestone Church. Be informed, be involved, be inviting. Dates are coming at you. Service times are changing. And we've been working intentionally and deliberately to bring every single person because we're an everyone church. So there's a lot going on. And in a moment of excitement, we can be like, man, what's next? What's next, pastor? What's next? Man, there's so many cool things happening. But one of the things we see as a pattern in scripture is not just to think about the exciting things that are next, but to stop and pause and remember. It's important to remember God's faithfulness. It's important. It's not just about being emotional, but to remember that encounter you had with Jesus over the last few years. Why do we create these milestone moments? Because you begin to remember. I remember when God taught me this. I remember. I got so moved last weekend as Pastor Jed was sharing, and I was thinking about, you know, he's talking about baptizing his kids. I, I got emotional every baptism service where I would watch my friends baptize their kids. I was just saying, it's, 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 it's just hard to preach after that. And you, you look back on those things, and what are you doing? You're, you're building a journey with a good God who is good, who is faithful. Oh, yes, we have challenges. Yes, we have problems. But we, we stop because it, it builds into us the fabric of the heart and the nature of God in such a powerful way. I remember sitting on there when I watched with my son. I remember watching this the first time he saw a, a missions video of the earthquake in Haiti and him having to leave and he just was overcome with emotion because he had so much compassion for the people and I had to talk to him about it and it could change his eternal destiny. I remember the lives, the people, the stories we've told and we've got more stories to tell of things you listen to and you go, man, God is awesome. Wow, God is powerful. What does it do? It makes you want to worship him more. You may have never been in a church like this. I jokingly say the church I grew up in, you didn't raise your hand unless you had a question. <laughs> they weren't going to answer it because it wasn't part of the program. Amen. But anyway, <laughs> you may come in here and go, these people got issues. No, no. It's people worship. And I'm not just talking about a style. I'm talking about a heart when they're acutely aware of where they would be without God. There's a gratefulness that comes out of your life that causes you to say, you know what? If I'm in a challenge today or I'm in a challenge tomorrow, I can trust him. I can trust him because he's good. And so a worship begins to come out of, I will take with me even this next step. I will, I will never forget God speaking and saying, I want you to buy 50 acres of land. Let's build a building. The finances don't line up. The numbers don't line up. People told me, realist, 50 acres does not exist in Keller. If you get it, the city won't let you build it. 
You don't need 50 acres. I said, I prayed with my wife. I prayed with our elders and our leadership team for one year, and we felt like God had called us to do it. Let me tell you why you remember. Because when God shows up and you're moving into a new building on 50 acres, it's multi-million dollars, you carry with you for the rest of your life not the magnitude of the project or the beauty of the stones, but the faithfulness of the God you serve. who is faithful even when we're faithless. He's an awesome God. Number two, though, remind. Notice Joshua, he said, look, let's do a little rewind here. Let's do a little remembering. But look, look, let's remind ourselves of some things that we're holding on to. We're holding on to the main things and who he's called us to be. We're leaving some things behind. We're leaving some things behind. We're leaving some loud air conditioning units. We're Leaving Taco Casa, maybe they'll move with us. I've not tried to broker a deal, but we could sell a lot of tacos, you know what I'm saying? We're leaving behind some parking challenges. As you in the rain today tried to get into this building, can I have a better amen? I'm so grateful to the people who parked at the school and the parking. It's just hard on a pastor when we'd have big things and people circling and couldn't get in. It's inconvenient. In fact, I, I don't know the gentleman. If he ever watches this, he's a good man. He's let us use his parking over here and these 50 spots over here that this little office, so we, we, we load a lot of our leaders there so that you that are new can have a spot here. I've had guests say, well, I don't know why you're talking about a parking problem. I have a spot. That's because somebody sacrificed for you to have that spot. And, and again, I remember pulling up and I'm thinking, I, even the last few months, Pull up, and then this guy in his parking lot, he had a truck there. I think, well, he parked his truck in some of my spots. And then he had a trailer. And then he parked some other stuff. And then he put some stuff else up there. I came in, you know, I was telling our leadership team, I'm like, guys, what's this guy doing, man? He's taking up spots over there. They said, Pastor, calm down. They are his spots. Oh, okay. <laughs> didn't, didn't think about that. I just, yeah, they're his. Oh, it's okay, so he can park his truck there. Yeah, it's okay. Why do I get amped up about spots? Because spots are a way to reach people. And so we think about that. We're leaving behind all of those things, but I'm gonna tell you, we're taking with us some awesome memories. We're taking with us, and I want you to keep that in your focus. We're leaving behind all kinds of things, and some of which we wanna leave behind, but we're taking with us an environment that's built on the foundation of Jesus and a spiritual family that walks in unity and loves each other unconditionally and cares about this community and the world. That's what we're carrying with us. We're taking with us the memories, yes. We're taking with us the memories and we're taking with us this environment that we are gonna hold on to. You have to own that. You have to hold on to that environment. And so we remind ourselves of some things in this moment. And the final thing, number three, is we release. There was a release to the inheritance in Joshua. Jesus said, I'm going to give you some authority. There was a release. And so you say, Pastor, what does that really mean? Everyone. It's an everyone church. It's not just a place for super spiritual people to do spiritual things. It's an everyone church where all of us have a part in this. I'm so excited, not just about the numbers of people coming to Milestone, but I'm going to tell you, there's a greater release as we move into this building, as people are beginning to discover their gifts. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, you want to discover what God has put in your hand and begin to use it for the kingdom of God. And I'm so proud of so many of you that are beginning to step into that. 
I've had so many people come, Pastor, I'm, I'm getting out of the stands. I'm getting off the porch. I'm getting in the game. I'm going to use my gifts. Close to 2,000. I don't give a lot of numbers because people are, close to 2,000 people have said, I'm on the dream team. I'm a part of this everyone church. This community matters to God. People matter to God. And I'm going to serve people with the gift that God has given me. That's exciting to me. It's a lot more exciting than the crowds that are just going to gather. Because what that tells me is, is there's a group of people who have really captured the vision and heart of God. And here's what you'll find. When you step into that new dimension of releasing your own things, your insecurities, your fears, here's what begins to happen. You see God actually move you toward the inheritance that he has for your life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. So everyone has a part in it, a purpose, a calling. And so we pursue it together. Every one of us step into a new level of inheritance. And I, I want to finish with a couple of things. Number one, I want to say this, just this entire moment. You may be watching online. You may be in a different state. You may just be a guest here. You may not make Milestone Church your church. You may watch this video a long time from now. I want to say this, though. Why did God have these guys pause? Why do I love, why did we call it Milestone Church to pause at a child's baptism or a dedication or a moment or a transition? Hey guys, wait a minute, let's have a debrief. Hold on, let's stop. Let's, let's talk about what's going on. No matter where you're at, you can receive from this right here. And I want you to never forget this. If he can do it for Moses, Moses put some stones. If he can do it for the prophet Samuel, put some stones right here. Just let's mark this moment. Seven times Joshua. If he can do it for Joshua, if he can take Peter, who had all kinds of challenges and problems, and birth the church and build on the Petros, the rock of his revelation of Jesus. If he can do it with Peter, and he can do it with a group of ordinary, regular people behind Taco Casa, he can do it for you. He can do it for you. He can do it in your marriage. He can do it in your business. He can do it with your kids. He can do it with you if you'll simply say yes to him. He can. He can do it with you. That's why he says mark the moment. Because I can do it with you too. I want us right here in this final moment as we celebrate this transition uh, to, to spend a little time here, right here, doing a little remembering a little reminding. See, this isn't the first step for Milestone Church. It all started in a little hotel on I-35, hotel room, shag carpet, and weird mirrors, <laughs> and a kid's drum set. And I had a big three-piece suit, tailor-made. It was so big, you could write Jeffrey Scott Little Esquire on the inside of it. Anyway. <laughs> It all started way back then. Then we moved to the cafetorium with hot dogs and Coke machines while I tried to preach, lining the aisles. People would get up and get a Coke while I preached. Dude, 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 dude. thanks, man. Appreciate it. We're trying to feel cool right now. You're just running the church service in the cafetorium. Every time we took a step, though, here's what had to happen. There had to be a group of people who said, people matter to God. Jesus is building his church. And they had to sacrificially give and love and serve in a way that others could be reached 
for their eternal destiny to be changed. There had to be a group of people that said, heaven is a real place, hell is a real place, eternity is a long time, and people I've never seen before and never met, I'm going to give toward them and I don't even know them. I'm going to serve them and I don't even know them. I'm going to sacrifice some of my own things. I'm going to sacrifice all that for those people. And so every step along the way, that heart, that desire has happened. We moved in to a lease building in South Keller after the cafetorium. And then eight years ago, almost to the date, there was a group of people from that lease building who sacrificially gave. And we moved into this grocery store that has been our church for eight years. And because of that group of people sacrificially given and serving and loving, there's been many of us that have been reached in this room. How many of you right now would say, my first connection to Milestone Church, and I know if you got connected, God's also done something, but my first connection to Milestone Church was right here in this current spot in this building. I know there's a lot of you raising your hands. Let's stand up. If you say, just stand up and look around the room, everybody. I'm going to say it's probably 85% of the room. Keep standing. Everybody stand for just a minute. Isn't that exciting? It's exciting. All of these people, because some people said, you matter, and I've never met you. So just keep standing for a minute. That was your first experience, and I want to honor you and thank you for doing the same thing for some people we haven't met yet. We're about to do that for the same group of people that we've never met that are going to be impacted just like you. So you may be seated. I want to do one other thing though. We've been taking steps together as a church all along the way and there's no group of people who have seen more dynamic change than this group of people. It's a group of people, about 30, and a big percentage of them have been in our services this weekend to say, you know what, this is an important moment, and I wanted to honor them. So I asked them to come, and I want you with me to honor the group of people who sold businesses, sold houses, they left on a, a vision from God, by faith, get out of the boat, walk on the water, and I want to honor them today. So I'm going to ask the church plant team, if you were part of the original church plant team, to stand up right quick, all of you. We're looking now. we got our kids. Let's stand up and give them a round of applause and honor them. Thank you guys for believing in a vision that looked crazy. It looked crazy. But we serve a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ever ask or think according to the power that works on the inside of us. I want you just to bow your heads with me right now. There may be someone listening to me online or watching right now and you say, Jeff, this Jesus you talk about seems so real. I'm not right with him. I know I've made mistakes. Jesus accepts you right where you are. You just were, were willing to say to him, make it your words, Jesus, here I am. I come like I am. I surrender myself to you. I believe you died for me, rose from the dead. Come into my life. Be my Jesus. I accept you today as my personal Lord and Savior. I'm going to turn from my sins. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to walk with you. Jesus, just come in and change me and save me. If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you maybe to come to our 101 class right after this service. Maybe if you watch this 
video at another time, you come to one of our Discovery 101s. Let us meet you because Jesus does the saving, but it takes a spiritual family to help raise a new child that's been born again. So you need to get plugged in. Maybe in this service, you can come forward and grab the hand of our ministry team and say, hey, I prayed, I accepted Christ. But I want to pray right now as we make this transition, the final moment in this facility. Father, we make it about you. We honor you. We worship you. We we celebrate your goodness, your awesomeness, your greatness, your great love for us that's hard for us to comprehend how much you love us. We worship you more intently and more intentionally because of your awesomeness. Now help us, Lord. Help us to make this transition with the same spirit, the same heart, the same DNA, the same values. And let us look up, Lord, to the harvest that's coming and let us love people the way you would love them. Lord, we're asking for your help. Dispel disunity, insecurities, fears, anxieties, selfishness, Lord. Burn it away. Let us serve others the way you would have us serve others. And as we transition on this milestone moment, we know you're already ahead of us, Lord. You're already ahead of us. You're waiting for us there. And we'll have you and we'll have one another when we get there in Jesus' name. Amen.
for listening to this message from Milestone Church. We hope it's been an encouragement for you today. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast or discover who we are by visiting our website at milestonechurch.com. 